Good morning, church. How are we doing? How are we doing? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Put your hand up if you're here because of the grace that God has kept you in, for the deliverance that He has delivered us from and the sins that He has saved us from. Amen. So as we head into week five of our series of Come and See, come and see that the Lord is good. Come and see what He has done for me. Come and see that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of all lords. I have been given the honor and privilege to share with you this morning about serving with serving in evangelism. So, um, in our in our um, in our values, we have love, give, serve, and grow. And last time I was up here, I talked about growth and suffering, and now we're taking it back a step to serving. And since we're going to talk about day one of my life, let's talk about internship as we always do. So it was about two years ago in 2020, I was having a conversation with Pastor Peter, and he said to me, Joseph, evangelism is important. And I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, so what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, that's not me. And he kind of looked at me like this. And I'm going, why are you looking at me like that? And to my realization now, I understand why he looks at me like that, because in hindsight, I have now learned that evangelism is for everyone. Witnessing Jesus is for everyone. His look at my face looked at me in that way because he would have reacted the same way if I said, I'm a Christian and love Jesus, but prayer just isn't for me. But worship just isn't me. I'm not supposed to sing. No, we are supposed to sing. We're supposed to praise. We're supposed to lift up high the name of Jesus above every other name and go into all the world and tell others about Jesus. So let's take it a year forward. We're in 2021. Paulina and I are going to a pastor's conference called Unleashed. They had 24 sessions. One of them was evangelism. And it was like I received some bad news. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) okay, evangelism, cool, still not really for me. Paulina was so excited. We all know Paulina. She loves to share the gospel. She's looking for opportunities at every situation. So she's like, oh, just so excited. I'm going to evangelize. And I was like, cool. (laughs) And the preacher's preaching about evangelism. I'm like, oh, getting quite convicted. This is not how I think or feel or react at all. And then to top it all off, he gave the really bad news. He said, we're going to actually all go out, all these pastors, we're all going to go out on a train and go to a mall and tell people about Jesus. And I was like, oh my goodness, no, no. And Paulina was so excited and she was so happy to do that. And I'm sitting on the train and my heart's beating. And I'm like, my goodness, I'm incredibly nervous from the crown of my head to the tippy toes of my toes goodness, and we get into the mall, and I'm like, okay, so I go to evangelize, Lord, who do you want me to talk to, and uh, we learned about prophetic evangelism, how you'll pray, and God will drop something in your heart, and you'll follow forward on that, and what happened was I talked to a guy in Foot Locker, and it was all good, and I said, Jesus, love you so much, and blah, 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 the rest is history, and um, the evangelist who was preaching and leading us, he said, we're going to do a flash mob, and that was another level of daunting. He jumped up on the table, and the whole food court is full of people, and he started saying, Jesus loves all of you, and, and, and just putting the gospel in 20 seconds, and then we started to all sing Amazing Grace. All of us, all 50, 60 of us in the room just started to sing Amazing Grace, and the whole food court lit up with the Holy Spirit. 
No one was angry at us. No one persecuted us. It opened doorways. It opened conversations. Just this little tiny act of just going into the mall and sharing. And to my surprise, some girl filmed it on something they call TikTok. And um, she put it on TikTok. It's been deleted now, but it received over 100,000 views. That means 100,000 people in New Zealand saw us go to the mall and share the love of Jesus. Amen. 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 So for me, after that, evangelism died again. In my spirit, it died again. It was a one-time thing. I wasn't actively looking for it until this year, when at the start of the year, I decided to pick up a book called Contagious Christianity, written by Bill Hybel. And I realized that for my output to change, my input had to change. What I gave to people had to be out of a place of what I give. And if from the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks, what comes out of your mouth resembles how you feel inside. And my speech was never about Jesus. It was, in my BC days, maybe a few swear words here and there. (laughs) It was also a lot to do with things of this world, culture, customs, music, movies, video games, if you knew me. Those years ago, two years ago, that was a lot of my speech. You know, have you seen, have you done this? What do you think of this new song, album? And what I realized is that I really had to change my input. My input had to be Jesus, 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 and Jesus. I realized I needed him more in my life so that I can serve others, so that I can share to others through evangelism. A verse I want to share with us this morning. God has given you, each of you, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I was out for dinner a month or so ago, and we were sitting at the table, and we are all talking, and I said to someone, I'm preaching at church soon. What are you preaching about? I said, I'm preaching on serving and evangelism. And I said, it's interesting because... In my head, when I think of serving and sharing the gospel two and one, the first person that comes to my mind is none other than Mother Teresa. She's a very famous woman. She won a Nobel Peace Prize, and she changed millions of lives in India and had a massive impact through love and kindness and action. And the man I was with was like, yeah, Mother Teresa is awesome. And he said, do you know what she said? And I said, no. Mother Teresa said this. I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. And I believe God wants to do that to each and every single one of us, to create a big, beautiful image of art that the whole world can see and be transformed by. Amen. Amen. The truth is that we are all meant to be witnesses. We are all meant to go out and tell people about Jesus through either direct, intellectual, I'm just reflecting back on what we have learned, and um, testimonial evangelism. I love the scripture in Mark. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That was not for those days. That was not for back then. That is for each person now to go into all the world and preach the good news. I had to capture the mind of Christ, and learn that his will is to see every soul be saved. 
and that's why I've titled this message, It's Not Too Late. Father, we thank you that we are all here today. We thank you for who you are and what you have done in our lives. Lord Jesus, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's not too late. It's not too late, everyone. Looking at the word serving, when I think of the word serving, I think of giving unto people and doing things for people out of the voluntary, generous heart that we have. And um, looking at serving um, 50 years ago to now is very different. Our culture is very give, I'm sorry, is very take and take, and take and take, and more and more, especially in the Western world. It's all about more and bigger and newer, and what can you get out of people, and how can you finesse, and it's all about take. It's all about self-gratification. But the thing is, is what Nelikshan said is Jesus taught counterculture. He taught something very different. He says this, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. It's very opposite, isn't it? It's very opposite. In Matthew, Matthew's account of this is, um, it's not on the screen, but he says, the greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. Amen. Jesus, he's just amazing, isn't he? (laughs) So the serving style of evangelism, this may suit your bracket and where we're coming from. Serving of style of evangelism needs five things. I'm sorry these are not on the screen. The first thing it needs is patient people, people that listen, people that can wait, and people that can wait on the Holy Spirit. The serving style of evangelism needs people that are other-centered, that are thinking about other people rather than themselves and seeking for opportunities. The serving style of evangelism needs the type of people that sees joy in fulfilling people's needs. The serving style of evangelism shows love through their actions rather than saying, I love you. The serving style of evangelism are people who attach the biggest things to the most menial task. I've just spoken to some of you this morning. I've just summed you up with five points. And in my opinion, these are three ways that we can move in serving and evangelism. I have three points today. My first point is move. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha. This is Acts 9.36, not on the screen. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated as Dorcius. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Tabitha was like a mini Mother Teresa back in the time. She was a mini Mother Teresa. And as I read the scripture, I'm going, okay. So I decided to take a step further and dive deeper into the scripture. And I found out that um, I looked at the Greek, because why not? And, um, (laughs) And what I found really, really interesting, and what I really learned from this, is that it says, this woman was full. So I looked at that word full, and where else that word, Greek word for full was used in the Bible. It was used in Luke chapter 4, verses 1. It says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, 
what I found really amazing and really interesting is that Luke wrote the book of Acts, and Luke also wrote the book of Luke. And he used the same word to describe Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit going into the wilderness, the same way he described Tabitha being full of good works and good actions. And what I learned out of that is we need to be full to be impactful. If we are not full, we cannot be impactful. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit to make a dent in people's lives and to cut through into the heart and to really show the love of Jesus. But I need to caution us here today is that in Matthew, it says, watch out, do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose your reward in heaven. I was on Facebook and I was scrolling and I saw a video of a of a, of a Muslim man and he was in Australia, in Australia, and um, he was in Coles and um, he would just walk up to people and, and ping their, their groceries. I'm going, wow, that's really nice. Like, why don't Christians do that? And then I realized, it's like, wait, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to act in, in, um, in privacy and not, and not um, put a show like that to get recognition, like, and love from people because we are already loved from our Father in heaven. We don't need to do our good deeds and move publicly for everyone to see and clash our symbols and go, look, I'm a, such a generous, loving person and pay for everyone and put it on social media. Jesus is counterculture. In Psalms, it says, Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. And some of us sitting today, because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity that has been done in secret, the Lord has rescued you, the Lord has delivered you, and he has pulled you up from when you have been in dark places. Jesus is living in us. He came to set the captives free, but he is not walking on earth anymore. He is in you. He is in you. He is in you. He is in you. He is in all of us. His spirit dwells within us. Greater is he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. What happens when we don't move? When we don't move, we're not walking. If we're not walking, I found myself at a place when I was um, 14 and 15. When I wasn't moving, I became fat. Because I was just playing video games all day, all day, every day. Come home, play video games, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, play video games, go to school, think about video games, video games, video games, video games, video games. And I started to get a bit chubby, as you do, because I was eating. (laughs) And eating and eating and playing video games. And at the time, it was the best thing ever. I loved it. It was fun. But that is not the calling God had on my life. And what changed my perspective was that book, Contagious Christianity, that I was reading. There was one sentence that completely shifted me in how I evangelize. Everyone will be worshiping and praying when we get to heaven. What are we doing now to see people join us there? Amen? What are we doing now to see people join us there? I had to learn that I needed to share the gospel because that is the reason why each and every single one of us are here, to be a living testimony for Jesus, to display heaven in the way we live. We are a bridge to connect people that are lost to the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. 
without moving, we have to move with intention. There's no point moving if there's no intention. It's a waste of time. And what I learned is that when I was doing nice things for people in my BC days, it was, there was always an intention behind it. And I found that if I really searched my heart most of the time, it was for personal gain. You know, it's like give a friend $10. You know that they'll be generous and give you 15 next time they shout you. <laughs> Amen? Who's been there, done that? <laughs> I gave to get. I gave for greed, and also I found myself in a place of giving for greasing, where I would give to people so that they would like me and appreciate me, but I don't need to be liked by people I'm already loved from my Father in heaven. I don't need to give out of insecurity and out of fear and out of worry. The intention comes when we are full of the Holy Spirit like Tabitha was. The intention comes from heaven when we are full of the Holy Spirit. Before we move, before we give, before we serve others, we have to pray. We have to seek God. We need to seek his face. It's not too late to start. Amen. Amen. I wrote down in my notes, there's nothing wrong with failure because most people don't even give it a try. Amen. Point number two, we have to be consistent. We have to move and we have to be consistent. For the past 19 years of my life, I have been the most inconsistent, erratic, irrational, spontaneous, procrastination, do things last minute when you're about to get the boot type of person. And this year, I realized that that was not the way to live. And God's grace, even though it has covered me more than there are stars in the sky, it's time for me to decide to follow him in the fullness. And that is not the way to live. I started reading my word every single morning, every single evening, so that I could be filled, so that I could be filled and walk in his presence. In consistency, it says this, Romans 12, 11. This is from the Passion Translation because I just love the way it describes it. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keeping your passion for him boiling, radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit. And let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Amen. 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 For me and my consistency, the reason why the fire died after unleashed is because backsliding can kill consistency. Because how could I tell other people about Jesus when I'm not even living with Jesus every single day? When it's just a Sunday and a Friday and a Wednesday night on drums. Amen. So I had to learn to be consistent with Jesus. I needed to get into his courts that are open 24-7 every single day because my membership with Jesus is not a paid subscription. It was bought by him for me for free. I am saved. My membership is 24-7, and I need to go to that gym to be saved every single day. I need to get into that throne room every single day to become spiritually stronger, to train myself for spiritual warfare, to worship him, to be still to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to me today, to drink from the well and eat of his amazing table. Because if my input is holy, my output will be holy. What comes in, if I'm always in the holy of holies, 
when I come out, I will still be in that place. To be consistent, we need to be full. Love is consistent. Our prayers need to be consistent. We can do so much more than any eye has seen, ear has heard, and mind has imagined when we have Jesus on our team, when we have Jesus by our side. We can, if we struggle with consistency, I would encourage us, we can write a plan, stick to it, and just do it every single day, and soon it will become a part of your nature and who you are. Sometimes without consistency, we plant a seed, and we think next day it's going to be like a big redwood. But the thing is that consistency is slow build. No one went to the gym for one day and looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No one practiced drums for one day and played like the guy from Whiplash. <laughs> Nobody did something once and became professional at it. We have to be consistent with the mundane. We have to be consistent in the little. Why do we have to be consistent? Because Jesus has been consistent with us in his grace, in his love. He never gave up on us. He never forsake us, and he never will forsake us. He is with us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is not too late to start. The third thing that we have to do in serving in evangelism is to trust God and obey. In my experience, trusting God has been the hardest, most difficult, most challenging, most nerve-wracking experiences I have ever seen and been in in my life because it's counterculture. It didn't make sense. God's way is unorthodox. It is abnormal. It's Joseph, you're in the middle of the road right now. I want you to pull into that driveway and walk into the building and tell the first person you see about me and then walk out. As a Joseph, I want you to share the gospel with that person. I want you to give that person something. I want you to shame yourself for my sake so that I can be glorified. It's not about me. It's about him. One of the most very quoted verses in the Bible is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-mind. My translation says self-discipline. But I haven't heard many people talk about the next part of that verse. It says this, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And we can do that with our serving. We can do that with our actions. We have to learn to do his will every single day. When I'm driving to work now, I pray scary prayers that I don't really want to pray out my mouth because I know I'll have the opportunity. I say, Lord, I pray you give me someone to talk to you about in Jesus' name. Amen. And I will find someone I can share the gospel with. When I was going to Australia, I was on the plane from Hobart to Sydney. And I was sitting next to a man and I saw his name was Peter, and God dropped something in my heart. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> He's watching Netflix. He's dressed up in a suit. He's got headphones on. He really doesn't want to be bothered by me. And it wasn't leaving me. It wasn't. My heart was boom, 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 boom. And I was like, 
I just prayed, and um, I was like, Lord, okay, I'll give it a go. I won't talk to him. I'll write it down so he can just read it. That was cool. And I wrote it down, and I had it all ready to go to give this man an encouragement. And I'm sitting there, and I kid you not, I was said, Lord, when do you want me to show it to him? And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, now. And I was like, are you sure? And then it went dead silent. I was like, nah, you're kidding me, God, please. <laughs> and, and after <sighs> panicking a little bit and, you know, shaking in the seat and being a bit starting to sweat, I decided to pull my socks up and sit on the chair and just tap, tap. <laughs> and, you know, he takes his headphones off. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and I really interrupted him, but I just showed him my phone. And he was reading it. And he looked at me and he goes, thank you. And we started to talk. Turns out he's a Christian. He goes to church in Hobart and he loves Jesus and he was going to Sydney to do some accounting work. But the thing is, is I don't know the seed I have just planted. I don't know where that man is now or what my seed could have done. No one knows, only God knows, but he could have been going through the hardest time of his life and the word of encouragement that you give to someone can completely change their whole life when you serve someone and give something someone that they're not expecting because he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask for, think for, or imagine. Another example was recently when I was at work and uh, there's a man I work with, he's a colleague, and I was just praying for him one day, just in my head. And then God dropped a scripture in my heart to share with him. It wasn't a lovely scripture. It was like a scripture you, you usually wouldn't share to someone. But remember, Jesus is counterculture. Jesus is counterculture. And I'm going, okay, not today, okay, God. I'll do it tomorrow. He's not at work the next day. I'm going, oh no, what if he had an accident and I will never see him again? Guilt and shame came upon me but I still had the word in my heart. On the Wednesday, I saw him, and when I stepped into um, the break room, I walked in, and he was sitting right there. And I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Okay. So I sit down and start to talk with him, and I start to tell him, he knows I'm a Christian, and I just start to talk to him. And this is where you really have to trust God, because once God drops something in your heart, it's like something inside of you just needs to come out. It just has to overflow. It just wants to birth out, because the Holy Spirit wants to see people's lives changed. And I had a scripture for him, and I went, Alex, I was praying for you, and um, I want to share a scripture with you that I believe God has dropped in my heart. And I was just telling him about the scripture. And when I shared it with him, he went silent. And I went, oh, no. Oh, please. Oh, no. This is not good. And then he opened his mouth and he said, Joseph, that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. He said, Joseph, what you just shared with me is going to stick with me for the rest of my life because the word of God cuts through the heart like a two-edged sword. And I pray for him and I pray that he'll be set free from whatever's holding him back in the name of Jesus. But the fear and the nervousness and the anxiety I went through before I shared that with him was really difficult to get over. And that's where we have to trust God and obey with serving. We have to be full. We went to um, Sylvia Park the other day to share the gospel. It was a really good time. We had 300 little cards, and we gave them all out. And we went and saw people and spoke to them about Jesus. We have cool stories. 
And as I was praying, I was praying for a word of knowledge for someone. And the description of the man that I got, I was looking for him, and I couldn't see him anywhere. Jonathan was with me as a, as a testament. It was crazy. And all I got was a man aged 20 to 25, the description of what he looked like, and that I needed to share with him about the prodigal son. And I'm walking with Jonathan, and we're kind of scouting for him, and he's nowhere to be seen. We see people that are similar, but it's not the right person. You just know when it's the one Jesus wants you to speak to. And I approach him and I say, you're going to think this is crazy, bro. But we were just praying and I'm approaching you because you were this exact person that I felt was described to me in prayer time with God. Have you heard of the story of the prodigal son? And he goes, no, but my parents are Christian. And I share with him the story of the prodigal son. All of us almost started crying. The Holy Spirit turned up right there in that moment for that man. I don't know where he is today, but I pray that the Holy Spirit really touched him and that his life was transformed. But it all comes through obedience and trusting God. When I have disobeyed God, I have realized that my heart becomes a breeding ground for insecurity, worry, anxiousness, and I become confused. When I'm not trusting God, these things can breed within us and we don't know what to do. So we don't move. We don't be consistent. We just sit. And I just really want to encourage us that it is not too late. I had to implement a new pattern to stick with it so that I could share the gospel with people. I want to share another testimony of a time where serving evangelism was used. And at 10 o'clock every night after worship on Wednesday, I fill up the gas tank every week. It's routine. It's habit. And I went to it's Z, and I was at the Z station. And there was this girl there, and she was behind the counter. And I paid for my fuel, went into my car. And I said, Lord, I pray for a word of knowledge. I pray that you tell me her name. So I thought I had her name. And I said, is your name? And she said, no, and looked at me like I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, oh, is it this? No. And I'm like, oh, goodness, I'm really not getting to her. It's okay. So I go home. And um, the next Wednesday comes, and I see her again. And I start to get to know her more and start to share the gospel with her more and encourage her and invite her to church. And slowly, like, week goes by. I'm seeing her every time pop up. And she still hasn't told me her name, and she still thinks I'm weird and looks like Eminem because I had no hair at the time. <laughs> but I still was trusting God. I was still trusting God. And there was one day where this was before I went to Australia. And I said, I said to this girl, I was talking to her, and she said, it's my birthday tomorrow. And I go, that's cool. Happy birthday for tomorrow. What are you doing? She said, nothing really. I said, oh, okay, that's all right. Well, see you next time. Jesus loves you. Bye. And I sit in my car, and I feel the Holy Spirit tell me to give her something that belongs to me, to serve her with something that belongs to me. And I'm going, okay, I will obey you. I will trust you, and I will do it. It's okay. So I walk up 
to the counter, you know, it's Zed, it's nighttime, you can't walk in the shop, there's like this whole security panel. And I'm like, <laughs> knock really loud. She's like, what? <laughs> she comes over, she's like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to give you this. She said, no. I said, please take it. <laughs> she said, no. I really want to give this to you because I feel I need to give this to you. She kept on rejecting me. So I was like, oh, maybe I wasn't supposed to, God. So I walk in my, go back into my car. And I drive, and then I park up next to the window, and I get back out of the car, and I said, please, can you just take it? Please, please, can you take what I have to give you? I really, really need you to take this. And she said, no, please go away. I said, okay. I drive out of the Z, and I go, nah, I have to give this to her. <laughs> so I do a U-turn round back into the Z, and I go, look, I don't care what you do with this. Here and I put it on there, and I run back to my car, and I shut the door, and I zoom off. <laughs> and that was the last I heard of it. I go to Australia. I come back to New Zealand, and on a Monday night, I'm just driving home from Connect Group in my car, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do tonight? And instantly, I just felt, go to Zed. I'm like, but it's Monday. We go on Wednesdays, God. <laughs> 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 it's going to look really weird for me to just go there and just say, is somebody here? <laughs> so I park up, pretending I'm getting fuel. <laughs> I walk inside, and sometimes God will illuminate people to you. The lady standing at the counter was not illuminated. I went, oh, maybe I'm just, maybe I just should tell this lady and just, and whatever. And I said, excuse me, are you the only one here tonight? She looked at me like about to pull up the phone and call the cops. <laughs> and I was like, no, not like that. Is there anyone else here? She's like looking at me really strange. And I'm like, no, I'm, I just want to know if there's someone else here. She wasn't talking. And I was like, please, can you tell me if there's someone else here? And she goes, yeah. Around the back, someone's about to start. And I have no idea who it is. You know, every night, it's Monday night. The girl I was seeing, how, how do I know if she's going to be there? It's Monday. Could be another because I've spoken to a few people there, so I don't know. And I walked to the car park around the back. And there's a girl that thinks I'm weird in Eminem, and she's sitting in her car. She's on her phone, so she hasn't seen me. So I run up to her car, and I tap in her window. <laughs> and, and to my surprise, she didn't look at me like I was weird or Eminem. There was something different about her. There was something that had changed inside of her. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is different. She goes, hey, what's your name? And I go, Joseph. <laughs> and she goes, I just really wanted to say that after you gave me that thing, my heart was really touched. And it's like, when I saw her before I saw her, she had sadness in her eyes. My heart was broken for people that don't know Jesus. But when I saw her, after serving her with my evangelism, there was a happiness in her eyes, and she said, Joseph, after you left, I didn't see you for ages, but I decided to look up your church, and I watched a sermon, and I was really touched by And in my, in my trusting of God, and what I want to encourage us all today is that when we trust God, He's going to do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Your little seed that you sow can change someone's life and the way you serve for them.
Her name is Vine. She said, I really wanted to, I talked to Eliza. I said, Eliza, can you please find the Z girl <laughs> and tell her to come to church on Sunday, please? I don't have time. I haven't filled up my tank. It's past Wednesday. <laughs> I wish she was here today, but she's not too. Just as I close, I want to present us with an analogy. And what's really hard for some of us is, I wish the headset worked because I need to use both hands, but is that we'll go to a conference or we'll watch YouTube or we'll see the man tell us to do a flash mob in, in Porirua. And we go, okay, I'm going to try that. And here's this. This is the uh, Ray Comforts. This is the Todd Whites. You know, hey, bro, can I please pray for your leg? And they pray for it and it's healed. And we try to do that and it's like just nothing happens. And that's in this category here. And the thing is, is that we come to this and we pick it up and we go, whoa, it's not working. And then we really try to do something that is beyond our depth. We try to do something that we have seen modeled to us directly and try to imitate that. And we pick it up and we drop it on our toe. That actually hit my toe. And we get hurt. And from our hurt, we never want to do that again because we've sworn at or we're rejected and people think we're weird. And then we go back to it and we don't want to go back to it because we've done it and we've already been hurt by it. We've already been hurt by the evangelism that we've done. My toe's sore. <laughs> and the thing is, is that big things start small. Shannon, when you first started at the gym, are you doing what you were doing now? No. And if we are, I guess, spiritual children in the evangelism department, how, how can we see something and, and try to pick it up when we haven't even started with this? We have to work our way up to it by first moving, then being consistent, and then trusting God. I have to pick this up lots and go, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Just tell someone Jesus loves you. Okay, cool. And then as you start to draw closer to God and the department that he wants you to draw to him closer with, whether that be direct evangelism, testimonial evangelism, serving evangelism, this will start to become small. And you go, okay, God. And then you take it up to the next level. You take it up to the next level. Lord, where do you want me to go and give someone some money today? on the street, and you go to that person, and you sow the seed, and you pray for them, and you see them be healed, but it's a slow progression, but you have to start small, we have to start small, or else we'll try this big thing, like train evangelism, and it just crumbles, and it falls, and we get so discouraged, and so hurt. But I feel that the Lord wants us to start here, start small. And when we do, the seed will start to grow. It started to grow in me. Last year, I was not telling anyone about Jesus. I didn't want to tell anyone about Jesus. It would be like, that's Joseph, are you Christian? Yeah. <laughs> so you believe in tongues? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think tithing's okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know, blah, 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 blah. And it was always being attacked, but now... Because when I captured the heart of Christ, I started to pick up my little 1kg dumbbell. 
He started to use this every day, just in the, in the, in the little things, in the little things, because I would not have had an impact on that girl, Vina at Z, if I had not started off here. I would have never had an impact on, on the man at my work if I had not started there, because it just wouldn't have worked. I want to encourage us all today that we can start small, that we can start looking for opportunities and asking the Holy Spirit to to get into evangelism and serving and loving one another. It is not too late. Could I please have the worship team up, please? We have to serve with love, with patience, with kindness, with intention, with prayer, with hope. I was at Sylvia Park, and I shared the gospel with someone there. And because I was just doing it to check a box, this was another man. The way he received me was like I dropped something on my foot. It hurt. Another man swore at me. It hurt. And that's because I wasn't partnering with God. With the one guy I spoke to with Jonathan, I was partnering with God there. But with the other ones, it was just to tick a box. And maybe looking at it now, just to get my evangelism, I told this many people about Jesus' numbers up. But the thing is, is that Jesus wants us to serve others in love because he has served us. I learned it's time to move because we are at a season where we're either going to make it or we're going to break it. And it's a decision that we have to make and it's birthed within us when we take that time out with God and we seek Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Just as we close, I want to read the scripture from Revelation. Then I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean, waves or the crash of thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and the bride has prepared herself. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. His name was faithful and true, for he judges fairly and rages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head King Jesus wore many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dripped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will release the wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe, 
at his thigh was titled King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Can we just stand please? Can we just all raise our hands to heaven and ask Holy Spirit just to fill us up? just to fill us up, just to fill us up to overflow, to fill us up so we can go back to that one kg weight, to fill us up so we can start picking it up again, to fill us up so that we can have an impact that will change people's lives forever, to capture the mind of Christ and to do His will. Every eye closed. Holy Spirit, fill this place. As we go on to build my life, into the bridge of building my life. I want us to really cry out from our hearts for Jesus to build our life on His firm, firm, firm foundation. And if there's anyone here today that wants to decide to make Jesus Christ the King of all kings and Lord of all lords their Savior, or if you wanna rededicate your life to Christ and decide, I'm not just gonna believe in Jesus, I'm gonna live and believe in Jesus. If that is you, I would just love to invite you to come down to the front to say yes to salvation and to say yes to rededicating your life to Jesus as we go back into the bridge of build my life. Father, I pray you fill this place with your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch every single one of us. Father, I pray that we will know it's not too late to go back to what we started, that it's not too late to restart, Father, that it's not too late to pick up our cross again, Father, that it's not too late to start walking with you again, Father, that no shame and no guilt can ever weigh us down, that no chain can ever bond us from walking in your presence, from walking in your love. Father, I pray that we will know it's not too late to serve other people, to give to other people, to love other people, to treasure other people, to value other people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.